the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Thursday the 20th, and you're tuned in to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning, Jordan. You have been busy with the sports ball. You were out uh, at Shepherd University. You're wearing your new gear. I know. The new logo, yep. which we forgot to ask no the uh, listeners on Panhandle Sports Live what they thought about the new Shepherd logo, but I like it. Yeah, it's, I think it's cool. It yeah. looks kind of throwback to me. Yeah, it looks so a little menacing, a little mean, a yes. little aggressive. Yes, it looks like you're going to come to our stadium and uh, we're going to... Stampede you. Well, is that what Rams do? Do Rams stampede? I have no idea. I don't either. Yeah, I, right. but I think this is, yeah, it's kind of an intimidating <laughs> little icon there yeah it's neat yeah so um yeah you guys are gonna have a lot of sports going on we'll talk about that a little mm-hmm. later in the program joining us first off though is uh the director of bethany services christian services excuse me of west virginia dr antoinette pigat welcome in thank you so much for having me thank you for being in and making making the trip in and being in studio with us that's always so much nicer so first of all tell us about bethany christian services of west virginia Oh, thank you. So Bethany Christian Services of West Virginia is a human services organization right here serving our own community. So we find families for our foster care and our children who need adoption. So that's our main goal is to really care for West Virginia's most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that's the youth who need families. Uh, we also engage in a pregnancy counseling for those parents who are trying to really come to the difficult decision of, am I ready to parent? Do I want to parent? And then we top that off with um, behavioral health services as well, making sure that our community is mentally sound. I feel like across the country here that there's uh, a lot of kids that are, you know, still looking to be adopted. There's uh, a lot of kids, I guess, in the pipeline, as kind of cold as that sounds. Like six or 7,000 in West Virginia alone. Right. Well, I was going to ask you, what is it like here in West Virginia when it comes to that? Absolutely. So in West Virginia, our little old state, the numbers are astronomical. There's over 7,000 children a year Mm. that are looking for a home, whether that's something temporary, such as a foster home while their parents uh, go through the process of becoming safe for them, or a more permanent home of adoption when that home is determined that it's not safe for the children to return. Hmm. It's um, remarkable to, to be in that kind of work. Um, I'm sure folks could probably think of all the challenges, but what are some of the blessings that come to you guys from you know finding places for these, these youth? Absolutely. So the blessings come in just seeing the smiles on children's faces when they recover. Having a family to call their own is recovery for them. Hmm. 
It's having experienced abuse. It's having experienced neglect. And then saying, although I've experienced this, there's a family who accepts my past and is willing to walk with me into a new destiny. That, that's really a blessing in and of itself to have children just recover and to feel appreciated and loved in a family-like environment. And it's also a blessing to have a family's family grow mm-hmm. because they're gaining a son, a daughter, you know, to call their own. And sometimes there's children who are already in the home. They have biological children who are gaining a friend or sibling. Well, I feel like that has to be one of the things that, like for me, thinking about, you know, adoption and things, you don't necessarily think about the families that are doing the adopting. You think about, of course, the kids that's, you know, get a new home, a new family, but it's also a big deal for those families. Like you said, maybe they have kids at the home or um, they've already adopted some, fostered some, or they're a couple that, you know, can't have kids. And that's the only way that they can. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's all type of families that foster and adopt Mm -hmm. Uh, single parent families, two parent families. There are families who are empty nesters and because their children are out of the home, they just want that pitter patter of children running through the hallway again. Mm -hmm. So all families are welcome to foster. If you have love to give, there is a child who would need and want that love. So Antoinette, if someone is listening and, and they've kind of been thinking about being a foster parent, for a while, um, but but they think, well, this is overwhelming. I'm not sure that I have the skills or the facilities to to meet the need of someone who might be coming from a troubled background. What do you guys do for those folks? So all foster parents go through a training so that they understand behavior, they understand trauma, they know what foster care is like, and they handle some of those misconceptions mm-hmm. because there's a big misconception that children in foster care are all traumatized and you're going to see troubled behaviors, which is not actually true. Are there kids in foster care who are traumatized? Absolutely. But you receive the training and the support to handle uh, what you're facing. And at our agency, we also have family advocates who get to know the families personally what are your strengths what do you do for a living and how can that help you in caring for a child so i'll give you an example uh we have a a foster parent who's a nurse that is her passion so whenever she hears that there's a child with a medical need she's the first one to say send them to my home because that's her strength so our family advocates get to know families you go through a standardized training to really understand what it means to foster and what trauma uh, may mean for a child. But we also play to your strengths to make sure that you're comfortable with the child that's entering the home. How many placements have you have you done as an organization as uh, Bethany Christian Services of West Virginia, and how many are currently placed now? Oh, my goodness. So that's a lot. So we have been helping West Virginia for over 10 years now we've been here you know over 10 years i'm currently and ooh, i would say on a monthly basis we probably get about a good 50 to 60 calls from dhhr asking for um help with placing uh children so we see a lot of um children um, coming into foster care through bethany of west virginia so this is in some cases, an emergency placement, like Absolutely. really spur of the moment in in some regards. Yes. In most cases, it's 
In most cases, it's CHHR giving a phone call and saying, hey, this child is being removed from the home right now. We need something. Mm. And then there are times where um, a child may be in a home and it's no longer foster care. And DHHR may say, hey, you know, we're looking for an adoptive home at this time. You know, can you help us? So what, um, I mean, you said uh, that, you know, families and people that adopt, it's all different shapes and sizes. It's not one size fits all. But are there some kind of criteria to be a foster parent to adopt? Absolutely. So uh, everyone goes through a background check to make sure that you are safe for a child because we wouldn't want a child to leave an unsafe environment and then enter another unsafe environment. So everyone goes through a background check. Uh, everyone uh, goes through a home study process. A lot of people you know, don't know about that. You go through a home study process to kind of understand the dynamics of your home to hmm. give you the opportunity to understand that fostering will change the dynamics of your home and how would you deal with that change. So uh, a psychological uh, background check right. is included. Um, financial health is included. And you don't have to be rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not by any means. You don't have to be rich. You just have to have space in order to care for a child and be able to um, support a child coming into your home. And it is with help because all foster parents receive a stipend to care for that child. And how long does uh, Bethany Christian Services of West Virginia stand alongside these families? Forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not once they're, they're 18 and done, yeah, it's not like that? Yeah, it's, it's not like, okay, you have a child in the home, up oh, goodbye. Yeah. You know? No, we are with you. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we have a family advocate that is specific to that family. And if you have a child in the home and you have questions about behaviors that you're seeing or you want to understand pro-social um, discipline strategies, that family worker is meeting with the family regularly to make sure that they feel supported, that they, if they need help, they're getting it. If they need advice, they're getting it. And then I'm always accessible to my families. Speaking of being accessible and and a great way for folks to learn more, on Saturday, October 29th from noon to 6 at War Memorial Park, you're having your Family Changes Everything event. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. So Family Changes Everything is a yearly event that uh, Bethany does across many different states. It really celebrates the value of families and how one family can really change the trajectory of a child in need. So it's really just bringing the awareness to we value family. You know, family is important. So having fun, coming out to the park. I mean, there's a magic show. There's pony rides. There's a petting zoo. There's face painting, there's balloon bending, there's a DJ. Uh, So come out and have fun and celebrate your family. And while celebrating your family, it's just bringing awareness to there's people who don't have that. Very cool. Now, uh, unfortunately, we have to get to our first break here in just a few minutes. But Antoinette, can you let people know uh, how they can get in touch with Christian Services West Virginia if they have any more questions or maybe want to sign up to be a foster parent or adopt or anything of the like? Absolutely. So the quickest way is by going to the website, uh, bethany.org, and then uh, forward slash Martinsburg, and we will pop up for you there. Uh, But come out on Saturday. There will be plenty of family advocates for you to speak to. Uh, We will have a panel discussion so you'll get to hear from some of our foster parents and their experiences on fostering. Very cool. And you'll have signs up and all that? 
Yeah, you can. Absolutely. Uh, you'll have, I mean, you'll have signs up to direct folks. Absolutely. Too. Absolutely. Okay. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining us this morning on this cold Thursday morning. I'm, it's awful. This was the worst morning of the year so far. Waking <laughs> up. It's so cold. Got I got the hoodie. Coat. I got my scarf on. Mm-hmm. The big guy got all of it. Got all of it on. Three shirts. It'll be nice by the weekend, though. Ugh, I hope. I definitely hope. But uh, if you're looking for something to do this weekend, the Family Changes Everything event from Christian Services West Virginia is going on. If you missed any of our conversation with Antoinette, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. But thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Stick around for more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. You're listening to my Uncle Doe and Marsha on Panhandle Live. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewinner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And Marsha, our busy Panhandle Live, continues on. It sure does. Our next guest, you know him as a former delegate from Morgan County, former Economic Development Authority Chair, and now um, a representative for Governor Jim Justice's office, Daryl Coles. Welcome in. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Jordan, Marsha. How are you? We're good. That's quite a business card you've got going. <laughs> it is. You know, I, I got uh, got a busy schedule for sure. So it's been a little busy this week with the governor being in town. Um, so talk about that. Yeah, that was that was a great visit. The governor came up uh, Monday. Yeah, it, wow, it seems like a, a while ago. But yeah, the governor was here Monday. And uh, he uh, did some trout stocking out at Capen State Park. Okay, wait lake. a minute. Yeah, wait. Was he was he bare hand throwing these trout out there? Or was he just standing by the truck? Yeah, I, I was there. I saw it happen. <laughs> he, he was. They, they had uh, monster trout, and these things were big. But they have a contest that, that they're going to do for anglers. Uh, some monster trout uh, contest, but there was you know regular stocking, the normal stocking of trout at the lake. So they were throwing them out with the net, and but the uh, the really big monster trout they were hand delivering those to the lake, and it was nice. And I saw a picture, uh, and I uh, got to witness Charles Trump, our, our local state senator, and mm-hmm. and Governor Justice tossing them right into the water. It was great. Did Baby Dog get involved at all? Baby Dog was there. There was a town hall later that day mm-hmm. up at the uh, the lodge uh, for the governor's uh, you know opposition amendment two that's coming up. But Baby Dog was there for that event, so you know a lot of locals finally got to uh, pet and meet Baby Dog. I think we're the only people, Marcia, that have missed out on Baby Dog in this Panhandle tour. That yeah, the he didn't make it up on. to the, the Berkeley County Courthouse, or she? Oh, oh. Yeah, she. Yeah, that's right. He was uh, the governor was in for uh, for a visit at Martinsburg not long ago, and over in Charlestown. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, one one day soon. I think the governor will be back sooner rather than later too. So we know that the the big uh, bypass project is going on in Morgan County, and uh, to that end, apparently the uh, the governor delivered a, a giant check for the water and sewer line. He did. That was a, a big win for the Morgan County Commission. But but you're right. The uh, the highway, the US 522 bypass of Berkeley Springs, is uh, is underway. Bulldozers pushing dirt, uh, clearing land, and, and making the path for a four lane bypass of Berkeley Springs. And it's, uh, you know, $100 million or more, and it's been a long-sought highway upgrade for probably 30, 40 years here in, here in Morgan County. So that is finally underway. You know, a lot of, a lot of friends and folks here in, in Berkeley Springs and Morgan County thought it would, uh, they would never see the day that uh, 522 was under construction. But, uh, but here it is, and it's pretty exciting. 
Now you say bypass, and I feel like some people will kind of kind of take a step back at that because yes, the traffic is pretty bad on 522, but that brings traffic and people, you know, right through downtown Berkeley Springs. And with this bypass, of course, they'd be bypassing, you know, a lot of people that were just passing through that might end up stopping at a you know restaurant, cafe, or something. So, uh, or I, well, you just said that a lot of people are for it. Do you think that that's kind of the general consensus? I think it's fair to say that it is a concern that, uh, you know, what what a bypass could do for a little resort town. Mm-hmm. So, but I just think everyone has to be proactive in, uh, in making sure those visitors know where we are. I think they already do, but, mm-hmm. you know, we got to make it easy to, to come off the bypass and slide downtown to, to have lunch or a visit or a stroll in the park. The good part is, Jordan, though, is those big trucks that rumble through downtown right. historic Berkeley Springs will no longer do that. And the walkability and livability of downtown Berkeley Springs is going to get a real boost. Absolutely. Well, speaking of walkability, talk about some of the rail trail projects. Yeah, well, that that's uh, that's another win by the, the county commission. You know, the, the water and sewer line was a, a $3 million federal grant matched with a two, $2.5 million state grant. But uh, they're also uh, winning some grants out at uh, Capen State Park for bike trails. Mountain biking is going to be a huge thing out at Capen State Park. But at the north end of town, there is the North Berkeley Rail Trail, which is another project. Uh, it's only 2.2 miles long, but it's a, a rail trail that connects the northern part of the, the uh, town of Bath up to the senior center and maybe one day all the way over to the town of Hancock and the CNO mm. Canal Path. So, uh, but, but it's... Uh, you know, recreation, outdoor recreation, is uh, and tourism is a is a staple. It's it's a benchmark here in Berkeley Springs, and and to have some mountain bike trails and rail trails and more outdoor activity is just uh, just perfect. Well, speaking of that tourism, you had a pretty big event uh, a few days ago up in Berkeley Springs. That was the Apple Butter Festival. It was back in full action this year, and it seemed like it went off without a hitch. Yeah, it, it, it did. Two years we we've skipped the apple butter, but but wow, what a success that that uh, that weekend was! A uh, brilliant weather, brilliant colors, uh, but just a, a a grand success. The few food, the music, the beer garden uh, was a great success behind the courthouse. So, yeah, what a wonderful apple butter that was! I spent uh, probably too much time in the beer garden <laughs> volunteering for the chamber of commerce, but uh, that's right. We gotta make sure you tell people you're a volunteer. <laughs> He was behind the table, not under it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think it was probably a record-breaking apple butter. The numbers aren't quite in yet. Travel Berkeley Springs and the Chamber of Commerce were in front of the county commission yesterday. But uh, but I, I think, by all accounts, it's going to be a record-breaking apple butter festival that we just had. Well, that's good to hear. Obviously, it's good to hear that things are going back to normal uh, in some regards. Do you feel as though Morgan County... Uh, got through the pandemic okay as far as its economic development and its small businesses? Yeah, we, you know, we did. We, we I think we struggled with uh, some occupancy, but, uh, you know, folks were looking to get out of the cities and get out of New Jersey and New York. So we had a lot of visitors early in the pandemic looking to come here as somewhere to get away and have a little more elbow room. So it wasn't as bad as you might imagine on tourism. Uh, but uh, there was, you know... It, it hurt a little bit. I'm glad to be back, you know, to miss the apple butter and miss some other local uh, events that we normally hold every year. It's great to be back and, and seeing those things happen. But, you know, we're doing quite well here in, in Morgan County. 
the state is doing quite well. Our, our financial status is really strong compared to other states. Our economic development is is uh, going gangbusters. You know, big announcement after big announcement, and uh, you know the the roads of prosperity. We got a couple projects on the roads of prosperity. Uh, so yeah, I think things are really strong and really looking good right now for the state of West Virginia. Uh, but and Berkeley Springs and Morgan County is is in that. Absolutely, it does seem like Berkeley Springs, Morgan County, and the like. Uh, well, the whole Panhandle is really uh, starting to—I won't say come full circle, but really starting to boom around, especially with the outdoor activities and all the people. It's—it's it's crazy to hear you say people from New York, New Jersey coming down this way to, uh, you know, kind of experience the outdoors. But Berkeley Springs and Morgan County and the Panhandle in general is a great place to do that. And Daryl, thank you for taking some time to chat with us here on Panhandle Live this morning. Glad to be with you. Absolutely, Take care. thank you. And that was Daryl Coles, former Delegate and Economic Development Authority Chair in Morgan County, now uh, hanging out with the governor's office. And, um, that's and Baby cool. Dog. And Baby Dog. And Baby Dog. We're still the only people that have uh, missed out. Do you really think? Like, seriously, we're the only people in the state that haven't well, seen Well, not in, like, dog. the state, but, like, media-wise, we're the only people in the in panhandle media, I would say, probably the only people that haven't seen Baby okay. Dog yet. Well, I mean, we could make that part of our bucket list. Go see baby dog. Can yeah. I get the governor in here? Make him bring the dog and just talk about the dog. I wonder if the, so tomorrow's the big, uh, the big doings over at the Clorox. Uh, oh yeah. Cat litter plant. Mm-hmm. So um, the governor is scheduled to be there. It didn't say whether or not baby dog would also be there because, you know, of course it is a cat litter plant. So I'm not sure baby <laughs> dog would really thematically, you know, want to go there. Um, you know, and support that. Right. So, I mean, because hmm. that just, you know, that just makes it nicer for cats. Yeah, that is. So. That's an interesting uh, situation. <laughs> so tomorrow they're having, uh, it's kind of a, uh, it's for the media and some some um, elected officials, community leaders, Clorox team members. The CEO of Clorox will be there. Um, they're going to have a, a brief reception and then uh, talk about it and, and kind of get it going. Of course, the production is not set to really take place until October of next year. And uh, to answer some questions, because we had some folks questioning or asking questions about this yesterday, the event is not open to the public um, tomorrow. I'm sure they'll have some other, you know, events that more folks can be part of. But And we'll be covering it too. So we'll yes. have your updates here on Panhandle Live. And of course, on our Facebook page, NWPM and WC or and PanhandleNewsNetwork.com. But we do have to get to our bottom of the hour break. We'll be back for Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. Marsha, we've talked a lot with folks uh, from WVU Medicine, Berkeley Medical Center, and they're always doing some really impressive, innovative stuff over there. Absolutely. And joining us via phone from the WVU Heart and Vascular Institute at the Dorothy McCormick Center at Berkeley Medical Center is fairly new addition, Sandeep uh, Kashup. Welcome in. Thank you. Thanks, doctor. Thank you so you're a thoracic yeah. surgeon, right? Yes, I am a thoracic surgeon. So what is that? And excellent. So uh, I am trained to do uh, heart and lung surgery. And then so now the world has become so specialized and we like to take care of things uh, through specialists. So we've subdivided into uh, people who specialize in doing lung and esophagus surgery and heart surgery. So I do 
all the general thoracic surgeons uh, operate on uh, conditions involving the lung and the esophagus and everything in the chest except the heart. And we leave it for the cardiac surgeons to do the heart surgeries. So the kind of things I see in clinic and uh, help people out with this lung cancer, esophageal cancer, uh, masses in the front of the chest uh, of the thymus. So before we get into uh, some of the new technology you guys are using over there at mm-hmm. WVU Medicine, Berkeley Medical Center, how does one you know, end up becoming a thoracic surgeon? Of course, you got a lot of schooling that you have to go through, but did you wake up one morning as a kid and be like, you know what, I want to be a thoracic surgeon when I get older? <laughs> you know, even I have thought back and reflected on it. I, I, I wish I could say that uh, it happened over one day, but uh, I uh, came to University of Minnesota on a research uh, scholarship, and I wanted to become a, a liver transplant surgeon. That was my goal. And uh, I happened to work with a thoracic surgeon at the time, uh, Rafael Andrade. Shout out to him. And uh, he's still amazing. And uh, I, I walked into his operating room and I saw what he was doing. And it was cutting edge. And then I found out about the impressive things that were happening with lung cancer and the need for thoracic surgeons, uh, you know, even at that time. And that got me interested in it. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, 12 years uh, of uh, training and uh, uh, going through Connecticut, Indianapolis, Indiana University, Boston, Brigham and Women's Hospital. And uh, finally, I'm here in uh, WV Medicine uh, at Martinsburg. Well, we're happy to have you here in the panhandle, that's for sure. But let's talk about some of that cutting-edge technology. You guys are using the Ion Robotic Assisted Lung Biopsy Machine. Can you explain what that thing is? I'm looking at a picture, it looks pretty intense. It is. Uh, you know, I would. I, I, it, it looks uh, intense, but it's, uh, it's a fairly new technology, and uh, we are lucky to have that at uh, Berkeley Medical Center. Uh, myself and the uh, interventional pulmonologist use it. So... Uh, the way it starts is lung cancer screening, and that's the message uh, that I want to uh, put across today is uh, lung cancer is still the leading cause of death in both uh, men and women uh, in the United States, and uh, West Virginia has a higher rate of lung cancer deaths uh, than the rest of the nation, and the reason for that is we are finding out that people have lung cancer in West Virginia at a later stage. So what we are doing as part of lung cancer screening is getting eligible people to get CT scans so that we can pick up nodules that are small. You can imagine when you get a a CT scan and there is a nodule that's a size of a dime or a quarter as opposed to a big mass, which is involving your heart, your chest wall, which cannot be taken out. And so when we find these small nodules, the next step is, you know, uh, they come in and we talk to them about trying to find out what these nodules are. And if they look suspicious for cancer, we have the technology to use the ION, which is a robotic-aided bronchoscopy in which there is a slim, slender camera that goes through a small tube, and uh, we take biopsies of the spots that we see on the lung, which, you know, before 
was not possible for us to reach. And we used to have to go from the outside, which we still do sometimes uh, with a needle. And uh, But this is uh, proven to be much more safer because the patient's completely asleep and we are able to navigate, as we call it. It gives us a GPS. It's almost like a video game controller. And uh, I control it with uh, my hands and use the screen to uh, reach the lesion and take biopsies of it. And uh, then we look at it under the microscope with the pathologist and they tell us if it's uh, cancer or not. And in fact, I have two cases that I'm going to do after talking to you today. Oh, wow. So you're going to use the machine in two cases today? Correct. Wow. So when you talk about um, masses being the size of a dime, at that point, is someone, you know, uncomfortable? Do they think that anything's wrong with their lungs? Or are you talking about trying to get these CT scans and get that biopsy in ahead of any symptoms? Exactly. That's a great question. The whole concept of screening is reaching the people who don't have symptoms. And let's talk about who is eligible for screening. And these guidelines have changed over the last uh, year or so, making more and more people eligible for screening. So I'm going to read it out here. You are eligible for screening if you're in the ages of 50 to 57, you have a more than 20-pack year history of smoking. If you're a current smoker or you've quit smoking within the past 15 years and you have not had a CT scan of the chest in the last 12 months. And the most important thing to note is most private insurance plans, Medicare, will cover for lung cancer screening and there is no out-of-pocket expenses. That is really good to know because a lot of folks started smoking in their teenage years and had no idea that the health consequences were going to be as severe as they as they are. Didn't know then what they may know now. And, um, you know, this may be a way to help kind of curtail some of the more dreadful effects. Absolutely. You know, that's what that's another thing that lung cancer screening does is we want to take the stigma out that's attached with lung cancer and smoking. And there is a lot of judgment that goes on uh, because the patients feel that they've done it to themselves. But, you know, we, we are not here to judge that. We got to get them in. And as part of lung cancer screening, it's not a one and done program. So once you get enrolled, you do the CT scan every year. So it's a program which comes with an annual CT scan, and you get connected with our nurse navigator who do a wonderful job of connecting you with tobacco cessation counselors. There are different programs that are associated with WVU that help people in any stage that they're in, in, in tobacco addiction, we can get them in as part of our program and help them cut down to stop smoking as part of getting these annual CT scans. And we call this a teaching moment. And we've had excellent rates all over the country with this program, helping people stop smoking as part of lung cancer screening. 
Our guest this morning is thoracic surgeon Sandeep Kashap from the WVU Heart and Vascular Institute. I know we've talked a lot about lung biopsies, lung cancer, but as a surgeon uh, in the area that you practice, has have you, especially now that you're associated with a research institute like WVU, have have, have you guys learned a lot about lung and uh, thoracic care during the pandemic and as a result of uh, treatment modalities? Absolutely. The pandemic, as as it was for everyone else in the medical specialty, was extremely busy and even so uh, busier for the thoracic surgeons because, uh, you know, we helped take care of the people who were really sick on the extreme end of the sick spectrum who needed to be on the ventilator, who needed life support in what we call ECMO, where we used to provide them with artificial lungs and uh, to keep them going till they were able to recover and breathe on their own. So with, with the help of vaccination, with the help of so many people getting mild disease and recovering from it, we've seen a trend that's coming down and hopefully we are getting back to normal, taking care of patients as we were taking care of them before. But it definitely, uh, you know, was a tough time. And I'm happy we are we are in a different state right now. Well, Dr. Kashup, we're going to have to let you go, unfortunately, because, uh, I mean, this stuff's so interesting, especially with this new technology, and you're saying it's pretty much like you're sitting there, you know, playing a video game, uh, doing all this stuff. That ends up, you know, being life-saving or potentially life-saving. So, Doctor, thank you for joining us this morning on Panhandle Live. Absolutely. Pleasure. Anytime. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Again, that was WVU Medicine, Berkeley Medical Center's thoracic surgeon, one of the thoracic surgeons, Dr. Sandeep Keship, talking about their ion robotic assisted lung biopsy machine, which looks pretty darn cool. And it sounds as though some of that pre-screening stuff is very, very, very available and um, and of low cost or no cost. So. Absolutely. So go get yourself checked out, self-screened, especially if you've been a smoker or a smoker. Right. I guess I could say considering to be a smoker. The smoker. Okay. Maybe well, just don't do it. If at you're that just point. thinking about it, maybe yeah, it just hasn't. Don't do it. Maybe it hasn't hit your lungs yet. Yeah, that's true. So that's just true. hit your head. Absolutely. But uh, if you missed any of that conversation, you can listen back to it a little bit later on. We have to step aside for our final break, then we'll come back and wrap things up on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Nicewarner. Alongside me is Marsha Kabalik. And Marsha, I've had enough of this. With a These cord? headphones, headphone cord. Why is it so long? You could do that from the parking lot. You could, you could Here, I'm gonna listen try, to the show from I'm the parking lot. I'm going to try and lot. roll okay. as far back as I can. I might have to use your. You're going to hit the wall. I could. I could go literally, what do you think? 20 feet? You might be able to go into the XDC studio. With I that. definitely could. I could definitely get into the XDC studio. I don't think you thing. could get to Rona's. But, but I can't find my. My normal headphones. Yeah. I that, still have no idea where mystery. those are at. If anyone knows where. They're looking Where for a Jordan's pair of black, are. Yeah, black studio, Sony studio headphones. I had them here at station last weekend, and then come Monday, gone. So, yeah. I don't know. 
I'm, it's the, the search continues. I've asked everybody. I think people are starting to get upset with me how much I'm asking. I think they're starting to think. I'm sure some people it's are starting like to think that I'm singling them out. Radio game of Clue. You can <laughs> see on my head that I do not have yeah, your. You, you don't have them. Uh, Parker, he's got the same ones, but they're not mine. Rona's got the same did ones. You, did you did you take mine. it like off of his head and go? Let me just check those out. Make sure. No. That you don't so have mine. what the the only thing is is that of course with our with studio headphones you need to have these like three quarter inch. Yeah, yours things. is like a screw on jack too, right? Right, and I took it off before, <gasps> so the headphones don't my the headphones that are missing just have like normal headphones like the small ones. Uh-huh. So that's how I know Parker his already had the mm-hmm. screw on thing, so I okay. knew it wasn't mine. Because I had to use it, do some editing over the weekend. Did you check all of the station vehicles? I've checked everywhere. Okay. Everyone's told me that, uh, well, most people have told me that they saw them on the little table right in front of the back door here mm-hmm. uh, on like Saturday and Sunday. And then I come in Monday, gone. But there is like a broken bracelet now on that table so where apparently it was. Trade. Some Someone just gave you a trade. Wish I'd have known about it. Because well, now I gotta use these. I mean, these are good enough. But so th- those are what you're taking to Captain Benders tonight. You're gonna feel a little like underdressed. No. Let's talk about Captain Benders. Tonight. Audio Technica digital monitors. Not using them. But yes, Captain Benders for the uh, Ernie McCook show tonight, seven thirty. Hey, you can either come out to Captain Benders or you can tune in over on ninety five nine The Big Dog. It's gonna be myself, Coach Ernie McCook, and special guests. Ty Lucas and Nathan Muley, two names that Panhandle sports fans will uh, be will be familiar with. Nathan Muley, a standout over at Jefferson, and Ty Lucas, a standout at Martinsburg High School. So that's very uh, cool. Yeah, they'll be on the show, and uh, it continues our streak of offensive linemen. So that means our I'm going to have to get a bigger table for for this thing. So <laughs> I have to ask, like, do they bring their own fan base when they come over, and they, and they know they're going to be guests? So there are the there are two tables, three tables, but two tables that are always uh, reserved for Thursday nights. Captain Benders and it's for coach, his like his wife and you know family come, uh, and then of course you have the two to three players, but then their parents will uh-huh. show up, and then so yeah, it's it's starting to it's starting to get pretty packed up out there. So if you're thinking about coming out to a uh, coach Ernie to a Ernie McCook coaches show, well you're gonna have to uh, maybe get a reservation. Which is a good problem for me to have. Right. But um, yeah, it's tonight, 730. Also tonight, and of course that's on 95.9 The Big Dog. We're right here on WEPM. We got you covered all different angles for sports tonight uh, because we have our part one of our Panhandle Games of the Week with the Spring Mills Cardinals heading up uh, across the river to face off against the North Hagerstown Hubs. That game is early. Game's at 6 o'clock. So you can, you know, listen to the uh, Panhandle Game of the Week. Then flip on over to 95.9 The Big Dog afterwards and listen to the Ernie McCook Show. Very cool. I was thinking, you know, after we interviewed the city administrator from Hagerstown, <laughs> Scott Nicewinner yesterday about mm-hmm. the the whole uh, project up there mm-hmm. that will bring eventually uh, a baseball team. Yep. You know, what are they going to call it? What, what about the Hub City Hucksters? You know, we were thinking about Savannah Bananas. You do a lot of stuff with the Hucksters. Hmm. Well, what, I mean, let's think. Hagerstown, big train place. Back in the day, agriculture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't think anyone is going to be like, oh, farm-related mascots. Well, you never know. I mean, there's the Montgomery Biscuits. Really? Their mascot's literally a biscuit with eyes on top, and then the biscuit's open in half, and the tongue's a square of butter. I could get behind that. I love it. I have so yeah. much Montgomery Biscuit oh, merchandise. speaking of biscuit, <laughs> did you see the social... I did see, hopefully, and I meant to take... I didn't take <laughs> you back. I meant to take you back. Hopefully, whoever posted that was listening to the show yesterday, because I want some answers on when Tudors is making its way to South Berkeley. Someone put a meme up on the South Berkeley 
page that said, uh, where are my biscuits at? <laughs> For real. And where it just are showed like the at? construction site. So, so I thought, ah, oh, Jordan is not alone. Uh, well, good. I'm glad. And, uh, it's going to be funny once that does open up because you come in and every once in a while you come in and ask me for one eighth if you're heading out and ask uh-huh. me for one eighth thing when you're out and about. Nine times out of ten, I say no. Uh, but once Tudors comes around, if you're going to Tudors, I almost guarantee you I would ask for a biscuit. I'm I'm just wondering if they're going to be open that early. Like if I'm in coming from down there. What time do Tudors is usually? I know they, they usually close. The one in Huntington closes at two in the afternoon, but I don't know what time. The time they, they open. open? Yeah, I know. I know it's like breakfast hours, but let's see. Well, I'll take a look. I, I love to hit tutors. it up at like mm. four in the morning. So, are you if you're going to get a breakfast sandwich, mm-hmm. are you a biscuit person or a English muffin person? Biscuit. Biscuit. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't know something don't about know. the something about the muffin texture because they use like it's almost like a yeah. I don't. I don't like it. Well, my thing with biscuits sometimes, if they're dry and then they crumble, oh yeah, then, then it just makes a mess. Then, yeah. then you're just eating whatever the contents of the sandwich is. Uh, so let's see. The one in Morgantown, which is the closest reference, 7 a.m. Really? 7 to 1 is what Does their hours are. Does that to get your biscuits? 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. 7 a.m. or 1 p.m.? No, 7. That, like, okay. Never well, mind. I think that sounds you about know, right. Who am I? Who am I? <laughs> who am I to throw shade at a franchise? Are you like, the biscuit authority? The biscuit n- boss? Not even a little. No. Mm-mm. But so a uh, programming note on Talkline. <clears throat> if you're wondering about the four, count them four amendments that mm-hmm. are going to be on the general election ballot. Uh, they're going to break those down. Hoppy's going to have Brad McElhaney on uh, in the first segment to talk about amendments one, three, and four. And then after the 1030 news break, he'll have another guest on and they'll talk about amendment two. And we got a text here on the text line, 304-263-4321. This is from 304-886 talking about the uh, Clorox grand opening, which again is not open to the public, but we will have you covered on uh, updates and whatnot. And the texter says, Please thank Marsha for clarifying that it is not open to the public. You're so very you welcome. Absolutely. You can text us anytime at 304-263-4321. 304-263-4321. Anything else, Marsha, while we got a few seconds here? And I'm trying to find a song real quick. Why do you, why do, you do that? <laughs> no, I did throw you, that you at can, you. Can, for like you have 30 little, seconds. <laughs> a little pre-planning, that would be lovely. Well, never mind. Because okay. uh, I found a song, so we're out of time now. But uh, if you missed any show, let's back to it a little bit later on. <laughs> For Marsha, I'm Jordan. This has been Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My kitchen says my bread is molded. I got a good job at the dollar store. One foot in the hole, one foot getting WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.